0: Welcome back to Split Decision, your weekly podcast for everything UFC. This week we'll be recapping UFC 291, giving you a preview for UFC Nashville, and more. So without further ado, let's jump in.
1: Okay, so let's jump into the recap of UFC 291 from this past weekend Poirier Gaethje for the BMF title Uh, the main event it kind of lived up to the hype in that it was a crazy fight uh, very entertaining but from our end, our biased end of being uh, Louisiana boys it was a tough one to take Dustin Poirier getting head kicked, knocked out cold Uh, you know I don't think we've ever seen him get knocked out like that, it was shocking to see and I'm still kind of hurting, I'm not going to lie Alex yeah I I really didn't even want to do this episode,
0: to be honest with you. I just wanted to kind of mull over it, act like this didn't happen. Uh, but I can't I can't knock Justin Gaethje in every other fight that I've ever seen him fight. If it's not against Poirier, I'm rooting for him.
1: He so, is a very likable guy and a very likable fighting style. And, yeah, again, no shade to him. All props to him. It, this one just hurts for us, personally.
0: Yeah, I mean, it felt like this coming into the fight, I think we all thought it was going to be a war. This was a little bit of a shorter war than than we anticipated. I mean, what was
1: it? A minute into the second round. Yeah. Head kick KO. To be
0: technical, uh, 58 seconds into the second round, uh, headshot dead, as Leon Edwards would say. Because it was
1: same building, almost a year apart, very eerily similar. It was crazy. There was three. So Roman Karpilov also did that earlier in the fight, but it got overshadowed because this is main event.
0: Correct. But. Uh, August 20th makes a uh, year since uh, Leon Edwards' head kick, Kamar Usman. So about 11 months. Yeah, so uh, th- that's pretty insane.
1: Still same building and everything.
0: Yeah, Del- got to give props to the Delta Center for putting on uh, several, several fantastic cards. We're Where no- do you
1: think uh, Dustin Poirier goes from here?
0: So he's not the guy that has to fight, you know, seven times a year like others. Exactly, he can kind of pick his fight from here.
1: So, From here on out, really,
0: with that, you know, and and as he's getting older, he doesn't have to fight for no reason. You know, every he think he's going to earn that respect. So let's say let's let's put it to a different angle. So Gaethje's
1: next fight is obviously going to be for the title. He has to fight he, Islam. He fights well. Islam's fighting Charles and October. Well, the, uh, the winner of he's that. he's fighting the winner of that, which I, I assume I Islam's going to win. Charles Oliveira, but yeah, I think it's going to be Islam, right? Uh, so that
0: that's why I'm assuming. Uh, Geachy
1: Islam, I mean that that's well deserved. He deserves a title shot at this point, right? So he's probably he probably just needs to wait it out until he gets a title shot. So you look at that; uh, he's probably looking at six months to to eight months before he fights again, right? And then and you Gaichi. you don't have Poirier fighting in that same
0: timeline either. Yeah, they they probably fight
1: again at the same around the same time, maybe maybe
0: even a card or two apart. You know, a, a pay per view apart. So listen, if Geachy doesn't doesn't win the belt. I think Poirier has to complete the trilogy
1: against Gaethje. Against Gaethje, to get a title shot. I wouldn't mind seeing it, but I, I just don't think at this point. Uh, I don't think he's going to get that now.
0: That rematch. If Gaethje does win the belt, then obviously a trilogy almost has to happen.
1: That is true. If he wins the belt, then he'll probably have to fight Islam again. Now you can't count Oliveira out. Exactly. Right. Oliveira's he, already beaten Gaethje,
0: and he and. Uh, Poirier and Poirier and
1: Islam beat everybody except for Islam,
0: right? So he lost the belt. We have to see. I've heard the weight cut was kind of hard for him, but he's kind of found his rhythm, like you said, in this weight class. So it kind of stands to reason, you know, what's going to happen from there. Um, But it it always shows that this division is a killer division,
1: stacked, and it's been the same top guys for a while now.
0: Yeah, I mean, imagine having to walk in. And just coincidentally weigh 155 and know that you potentially have to fight, at
1: the worst, Benil Darush. Or Michael
0: Chandler. Michael Chandler, Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier. Islam Makachev. Islam
1: Makachev. Fuck it, is gonna come up and fight you. Yeah, there's nothing you can do to make it to the top five of this division at the current moment. No, it's a killer's row, uh, but a tough break for Dustin. Um We'll see where he goes from here. And congrats to Gechi for winning the BMF title.
0: And our cone main event welcomed Alex Pereira to the light heavyweight division. Put on. Jan Blakowicz versus Pereira. Really we didn't really know what was gonna happen here. You it's know, a close fight. Jan came out playing to Alex's, you know, biggest weakness. I think he secured that round one takedown.
1: This was kind of the classic uh stylistic matchup where it was a a guy who could strike, but he's, very, he's pretty good on the ground. Wrestler against a guy that was like an elite striker with zero ground game.
0: Yeah, so you had, you had Jan taking a round one takedown, attempting several times to secure the rear naked choke. He couldn't do it. And from that point,
1: into like deep into the third round, he seemed just pretty much gassed out. I think out. he uh, choked his arms out. He didn't get the choke, and he was probably trying so hard. Because he was gassed for the rest of the fight. Yeah, he, he definitely won the first round 10-9. Definitely won the first. He came out the first minute of the second. He wasn't bad, but then, like, after that.
0: Dude, the, I think the multiple takedowns really took
1: took the rest of his lungs. He got gassed in the second. Because really, he's a better He's a better wrestler, better on the ground than Pereira, but Pereira's a bigger human being. Yeah. So it's still not easy to take down. You'll tie yourself out.
0: Moving up for him, of course, people had to question, you know, what, what was going to happen, you know. what, But it was
1: literally just he didn't have to... He just didn't have to cut, cut as much. Weight and yeah, he it looked, looked pretty good.
0: Um, in the third, you know, Jan had his moments, but you know, through the second and third round, Pereira really got the striking advantage, dealt yeah. more
1: damage on the feet. You could tell it was, it was not even close. And you know, securing the win by a split decision, Pereira, yeah, so solid uh, start to your light heavyweight career. They're talking now, uh, pretty much him and Yuri. Uh, he's going to get a title shot at at two hundred five. Go for a second belt.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I I don't see any issue. I don't I don't see him moving back down. I think that weight cut after he's... realizing that he can fight so comfortably at
1: light heavyweight, it's hard. It's hard for gonna to ask him to move back down. In his press conference, he said the only way he'd move back down is if he fought Izzy again because he thinks that would be fair. But other than that, I think he's oh, kind of give him a, give him a chance to kind of even it up. He's saying we fought twice at one eighty five, so i right. not gonna change it now. Yeah, I, I understand. But but yeah, instant new title contender in light heavyweight, light heavyweight division needs that, so that's good. Poetan, he's a entertaining guy. I think a lot of people like him. He's a likable guy. So I'm excited for him. All right, so the next five we're gonna look at is Derek Lewis versus Marcos Rogerio de Lima. And all I gotta say about this one is the blast Black Beast is back. Yeah, I, I
0: totally agree. I mean, he came out with a flying knee, ended DeLima 33 seconds into the first round. Of course, the flying knee wasn't the only thing. DeLima had to suffer probably about 20 seconds of ground and pound. Vicious ground and pound. So, uh, good
1: stoppage. You know, good fight for Derek. Imagine if that was actually on the prelims. I know. I'm so glad I got... It's a blessing in disguise that we missed uh, Stephen Thompson. That fight got canceled because this on the pay-per-view was just electric with a full crowd and everything. He even, won, he, when he won, he took his uh, shorts off again. The classic Derek Lewis. Hip thrust. Hip thrust. Mentioned his balls. I mean, it was classic Derek Lewis performance and interview. He's back. Very entertaining. He's a free agent now. I saw a post uh, that he, or not a post. It was a, a quote of his.
0: that Because it was very loud, um, you know, from, from excitement in the crowd. But he was quoted to say, shout out to my wife.
1: What was it exactly? Shout out to my wife. Something about better get your guts ready because I'm about to come bust them or something.
0: Right. Oh, shout out to my wife. I gotta, I'm gotta. i coming bust your guts up when I get back. So get ready. So get ready. So shout out Derek Lewis. Shout out his wife. Shout out his wife. I hope you recover better than he does. Better um, than Delima. Shout out the Black Beast. Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. I think truly showed everybody that no matter... How old Tony Ferguson gets, no matter how many shots he takes, he's always going to come back and put on a show at the very least. Yeah, he's game for a fight. While moving to 0-6, I think that's the most incredible 0-6 you could ever see out of any fighter. What's even
1: crazier is he had a 12-fight winning streak before. So he went 12-0, and, and now he's 0-6. So if you count even up his last 18 up. fights, he's only 12-6. and 6. He's he's doing pretty good. It's kind of evening itself out that he's just a, a good fighter, not a legendary one. Honestly,
0: I think it showed Green that it was a little bit more of a fight than he thought it was going to be coming in. I think he had to. I think Bobby Green had to work a little bit more for it. Uh, he wasn't just a complete punching bag. You a know, he peop- showed he showed some things that, you know, kind of showed like excitement. You know, it showed that that we want to still watch Tony fights. Sp- I think somehow. Tony
1: won the first round and arguably was winning until the uh, he got eye poked pretty bad, and then after that he kind of lost momentum. A lot of people online are blaming that. I'm not blaming that, but it is something to think about. Um, Listen, if the if the doctors don't
0: say anything,
1: the judges don't say anything. No, but the remember, the doctor stating there. Was no, he looked a little concerned, and it was Tony. But I'm just saying, like that might have had something to do with it. It changed the course of the fight. It seemed like, but credit to Bobby Green, he went out there, he performed, he did what he had to do to get the win. Yeah, Bobby Green got the submission with seconds left
0: in round three. Um, and, you know, to Tony's credit, he said previously in
1: his career he'd never tap. And true to Tony, he bucked until he went out. Yeah, I'm just glad it wasn't his uh, arm snapping or his leg snapping. Instead, it was just him going out. Yeah, those are, those are usually just brutal to watch. All right, so the next fight was the first fight on the uh, main card of the pay-per-view. Michael Chiesa, the vet, making his return after about a year and a half of not fighting against Kevin Holland. the always entertaining Kevin Holland. And honestly, it was a uh, it was a domination by Kevin Holland. It kind of showed uh, an old guy that probably... You know, I'm not going to say he shouldn't come back, but it kind of showed why you, maybe he needed to think a little harder about it against a guy who's kind of figuring it out. He's always been entertaining, but it seems like he's kind of figuring it out. Yeah, uh, this was Kiesa's first fight back in some time. Since November of t- 2021.
0: Holland finished him in, in the first half of the first round.
1: With a and it was supposed tro- to be a, choke. It was supposed coming in on paper, Kiesa was supposed to have a huge advantage on the ground. Right. So
0: it always makes me question when you have a guy like Holland and a guy like Kiesa, you know, a clash of styles matchup, if you will, where you know somebody's supposed to be so favored in one segment and they get beat in that way.
1: You know, for for Kiesa to get choked out, that that's that's rough. It is rough, and that's his third loss in a row. He took the huge break because he had lost two in a row, and that's his third loss in a row. So I'm not sure where he goes from here. But Kevin Holland, he's ranked now. I think he—I uh, saw the rankings today. He was like 12, 13, 14. So that's good for him. He's kind of starting that climb into possibly being a legit contender for the belt. Obviously, he needs to get his ground game better, but he showed some improvement this week. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see
0: Kevin Holland fight again. Me too. Gabriel Bonfim versus Trevin Giles was a pretty exciting prelim matchup. We had Bonfim trying to move to 15-0, and Trevin Giles trying to,
1: I guess, stop being the journeyman he's been for a while. Yeah, uh, Bonfim, honestly, the second UFC fight, he showed, he moved to 15-0. He showed that he is a uh, possible legit contender in the future. He's moving up uh, to no fight he's been in has gone to the scorecards, and he continued that with the first-round choke of Trevin Giles. Uh, so he continues his hot streak. I think he's a guy to look out for, honestly. Yeah, dude, look, just
0: over a minute into that first round, Bonfim slammed Giles to his back, or slammed him to the ground, I'm sorry, then took his back, got the rear naked choke, right as the right as the ref was intervening, Giles lost
1: consciousness, you know, it's... So that's he got the choke in the first round in this fight. His first fight in the UFC, he had a choke, a gilly choke, gu- guillotine, forty-nine seconds into the fight. So he's had a hot start to his career. He's obviously better than like the low-level guys. So I think, you know, he's starting to make that that climb on the ladder as as being like he might be a legit ranked guy and a legit contender in the future. So let's put him on the board. Let's let's put the guy to look out for right now, Gabriel Bonfim,
0: on the board. Fifteen and zero. Fifteen and zero.
1: Twelve. Submissions. All right, so let's move on to Roman Kopilov versus Claudio Ribero. This was a 185 fight. Uh, two guys coming in with good records. Coming in 10 and two for Kopilov, 11 and three for Ribeiro, Uh Two and two in the UFC for Kopilov, one and one in the UFC for Ribero. So this was really a fight to see like who, who can like gain some traction in the UFC. Yeah, dude. They uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Coming in, they had
0: 20 knockouts combined. That being pretty impressive,
1: it, it kind of showed you 20 out of like 26 fights, so that's very impressive.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're not only not usually not finishing, you know, they're, they're finishing early and often between the two of them. But it was a back-and-forth first round. You know, both of them got hurt, got rocked a little bit in the first round, but it kind of showed you that they were trying to measure each other up. Trying to They knew each one had knockout power, obviously, if you're going to a camp. You're not just going in blind. You know what this guy's about. So both guys knew they're going to have to stand in and take damage, but they also need to feel out how much the other guy can strike, how much power he has, what they feel like they can take. So I think that was what the first round was really about, even though I think Kapilov really you know, still held the advantage for the first round. Going into the second, it kind of started the same way. Well, I say started. We didn't have much of a start, but it, it... Initially started the same way, and then right inside of the first 30 seconds, boom, head kick, and then I
1: think just one single punch into the fight. Into the fight, and it was second head kick we're going to talk about. This was the first one of the night, though, if you watched it live. Uh, this probably would have been knockout of the night if it wasn't for the main event. It was a great head kick. Uh, like you said, one one hammer fist on the ground The really just uh, exclamation point. Yeah, give him his entree and dessert. Solid highlight knockout, though, for Kapilov.
0: Yeah, so Kapilov moving up in the UFC, I think think he's going to be one to look out for as well. Jake Matthews versus Darius Flowers will be the last fight for UFC 291. Or at least the last fight we'll cover. That fight featured Darius Flowers on his debut into the UFC, taking on Jake Matthews at short notice. And... You know, while these are usually pretty hard to to judge just because you don't really know what's going on, how to game plan, or at least Matthews doesn't know how to game plan, and the opponent doesn't get a lot of time,
1: this one kind of went, as a lot of them do, the favorite winning. Especially Um, when it's a guy making his UFC debut on short notice against a guy who is his 18th fight in the UFC. Right, yeah, so a vet in the UFC, not making easy work, but
0: making uh, consistent work, efficient work. Finishing Darius Flowers by rear naked choke halfway through the second round.
1: Yeah, solid performance for Matthews. A nice W. Uh, he needed that after losing two out of his last three, so that's a nice win for him. Get his career back on track uh, for Flowers. Probably not going to be in the UFC again. I'm sure he'll go back to the regional scene for a couple fights, try to work his way back up. Yeah,
0: you, you. honestly, with a guy like him, he wasn't expecting a call-out call this soon anyway. I think give him a little bit more time he didn't show terrible work in the UFC. You know, he, he looked like he could potentially be there one day. So just fought against a crafty bet. Right. Yeah, you, you need and give him a full camp. We'll see what he does. Alright, to finish up UFC 291, we're just gonna recap our bets and picks from this past week. Uh pretty good week for most of us. Everybody but Bucky. Uh Bucky went two and six on picks. He only got what was it, Alex Pereira and who else? I don't know, Claudio Ribeiro. No, that was wrong. That doesn't even matter. He went two and six. Bucky's a total of ten and fifteen. He's got ten white, ten right, fifteen wrong. He's a shame. It's almost like he doesn't watch the fights. I know this dog needs to get his shit together. But anyway,
1: Christian, how'd you do for this past week? So in bets, I went two and one. So not great, not horrible. I had Holland Moneyline right and uh, Alex Perea money line correct. My one loss was I had the over two and a half rounds for Gaethje Poirier that ended early second round. So two and one. Not great. Not horrible. I'll take it.
0: So this is going to be the third week in a row or fourth week in a row that one of my bets was canceled. I'm sick of this. Uh, but Stephen the Thompson... Fight. Michael Pereira was canceled. Um, That was one of my money line fights. So I had to move to a different pick. Uh, But what I got right, I got over Ferguson 2.5. He got choked out with seconds left in the third round. I got Jan Blahovich money line wrong. But I did get, because I switched it last second, I got Derek Lewis money line. For the win. Uh, so I went two and one. It brought me to 10, 7, and one on the season. Christian, you said you're twelve and six, right? Twelve and six, correct. Nice. Uh, moving on to picks. Uh, we already went over Bucky's shit show of a performance.
1: Christian, how would you do this past week? I did all right. I went five and three, so over fifty percent. I'll take it. I think my three losses were Poirier, uh, Poirier, Ribeiro, and Delima. So those yeah. are my three losses. Had all the other ones right, so five and three moves me to twenty five and seventeen. Uh, since we've been picking, so not great, not horrible, just kind of average. But you know, is uh, what it is.
0: Honestly, man, you're 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 deep over fifty percent. So I, I'm happy with that. I went six and two this past week. Another uh, another winning week for me. If you know, if I quote it that way, the only two fights I got wrong were the co-main and the main event. I picked Jan Blahovic and Dustin Poirier. So just uh, the two
1: most important ones, right?
0: The only ones that really mattered. Uh, but you know, even so, six and two on the week moved me to twenty-nine and thirteen on the season. I'm pretty happy with that. I'm uh, I'm excited to you know keep researching, hopefully getting them right, maybe win some money.
1: So let's jump into our preview of this weekend's upcoming fight card, UFC Nashville uh, main event, Sandhagen versus Rob Font at the Bridgestone Arena, at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville with a Predators play. Uh, so we're gonna just cover the main card uh, in this uh, for this fight card. It's six fights, and the first fight we're gonna take a look at is Ignacio Bahamandez versus Ludovic Klein. Uh, this is at 155. Ignacio comes in with three straight wins, three and one in the UFC. He's never gotten finished. Versus Ludwig Klein, who comes in, he has three straight fights without a loss in the UFC, uh, one of those being a draw. But he's three, two, and one in the UFC after a tough start in the UFC. He's kind of uh, turned it around a little bit, maybe trying to find something. Uh, 155, we always talk about. This is a weight class where if you're in the UFC at 155, no matter what level, you're a killer. So this is gonna be a good fight, dude. Could you imagine? I know, I know. We probably have said
0: this, and we're beating a dead horse with it. But could you imagine weighing one hundred and fifty-five pounds and just coincidentally wanting to be a fighter, dude? That would suck.
1: Yeah, that's that's tough. That's a some tough luck. But you have
0: you have better chances of just gaining a shit ton of weight and being Daniel Cormier too, or losing some
1: being skinny boy
0: i don't know dude it's a lot easier to gain weight than it is to lose weight you could ask
1: me <laughs> you can ask anybody maybe right. not fighting wise though
0: so anyway uh so bahamandes i think he has a huge size advantage he's like 6'1. 6-1 compared to 5-8 Klein's 5-8 and he's still bigger than me which is nuts i need to lose some weight again jesus uh but look Klein is going to be powerful at 155 you know, that, that's one of the things. To cut one to 155, you're going to be kind of gaunt. You're going to be dehydrated. You're going to have to do some work to cut. Klein's going to be kind of, you know, right in his full zone. I still think Ignacio is going to win, uh, but I think because Klein's going to have that power um, kind of leading into my first bet of the night, I'm taking the over on this fight because I think the difference in the size is actually going to play to Klein's advantage for
1: a while only. Yeah, see, I got Baja I got him winning the fight. I'm not sure if it's going to go the distance. I do know Klein. He His nickname is Mr. Highlight. He was a big knockout and submission guy before he got to the UFC. Since he's gotten there, he's kind of been a decision fighter. So that's not a bad bet to go with. I haven't um, been able to stop thinking of this, you know, with previewing last, or
0: recapping last week, previewing this week. We go from Justin Gaethje, the Highlight, consistently knocking people out
1: doing Mr. whatever Highlight. it takes
0: in wars to a Mr. Highlight I don't know he almost needs to give up that nickname if he's in the same ring in the same weight class as Gechi. Tanner the Bulldozer Bozer fights Alexa Kamur this weekend uh, again at USC Nashville in the Bridgestone Ariza, or Arena not Ariza Jesus um, Trevor Ariza Trevor Ariza Uh, Bozer's on a bit of a downturn lately. Both guys kind of are. This is his second fight at 205 at light heavyweight, so we kind of expect when you move up there to be kind of a learning curve. What do you think is going to happen on this fight?
1: So, as you said, Bozer, he comes in loser at four out of five. Four out of his last five fights. He's four and five in the UFC. Kamur comes in two straight losses. Since he's gotten to the UFC, he came in, uh, all of his wins were knockouts. Since he's gotten to the UFC, only decisions he hasn't, he's kind of lost his power. I think that just happens when you take that next step, especially at 205. There are levels to this. There's levels to this. Uh, So both guys kind of, you know, trying to get that dub. I think Tanner Boser, I'm going to go with him uh, because of the experience. He's fought a lot more recently, uh, Kamur, This is his first fight since June of 2021, so it's been over two years. I need to start paying attention to to what fighters do after taking
0: extended absences because Kiesa hadn't fought in a while. He lost first round. I
1: think it's mixed, but especially if they're older, I don't know if it's the best. uh, usually the best outcome. That's something I probably should take a look at. I have Tanner Boser here. What do you have? I have Boser, as I said, and I'm also taking Boser Moneyline as my first bet at minus 170. I just think uh, both guys coming off losses, the experience is going to be the difference in this. Dude, i got to find a way to come up on these bets with you. All right, so the next fight we're taking a look at is Diego Lopez versus Gavin, the governor, Tucker. I hate that nickname. At least how it's spelled. Yeah, not the best. G-U-V apostrophe N-O-R. <laughs> Lopez, this is a second UFC fight. He lost his first one on short notice. By unanimous decision. So he's 0-1 in the UFC. He's taking on Gavin Tucker. Who's 4-2 in the UFC. But he hasn't fought since March of 2021. Where he got knocked out in 22 seconds. By Dan Ige. Who's a very solid fighter. But he's obviously taken his time since that knockout. To try to come back well. Um, Who do you have? How do you think this fight goes? So with both
0: fighters coming off a loss. uh, Specifically a 22 second knockout. I understand taking a little bit of time to come back
1: two years two plus years is a lot though
0: yeah i mean i i have never been knocked out i don't want to be knocked out but i couldn't imagine having to come back from that but anyway uh both guys coming off a loss we like you said lopez's loss was a short notice fight but he didn't press you know fighting the russian and that was in may of this year right I not think that long ago I think the way this fight goes is Diego Lopez, regardless of his bad tattoos, hairstyle, etc. I think he's going to surprise here. Well, not surprise. He is technically the favorite. I think he's just going to win.
1: I have him for my, my pick, Diego Lopez. See, I have Tucker winning. I think the experience, again, plays a factor in this fight. Uh, I have Tucker, and I also have Tucker as my second bet of the night, uh, Moneyline, at plus 120. So slide underdog so you can get some good uh, value. If he does win. So again, Tucker as my pick. Tucker Moneyline plus 120 as my second bet. For our next fight, we have
0: Dustin, not Justin, Dustin Jacoby at light heavyweight versus Kennedy Jaku. Apologies if I got that wrong. Uh, So Jacoby's trying not to lose his third in the row here. Uh, He did have an impressive seven fight unbeaten streak. That was like six wins, one draw.
1: Yeah. To start his UFC career, so that was great. And then he's just kind of... Kind of fallen off since then. Two decision losses, though, so, I mean, you know, he hasn't gotten knocked out or anything,
0: but... I'm going to say it again, Chekuwu is on a three-fight win streak. All finishes. He's looking way more poised as of late, but still, um, my second bet of the night and my pick is going to be Dustin Jacoby as my pick and Dustin Jacoby Moneyline as my
1: bet. What you got going on here? So Kennedy, he's six. He's one three in a row, six and three in the UFC. Uh, Jacoby, six, two, and one in the UFC, lost two in a row. So similar records, but kind of going in different directions as of late, it looks like. I'm going to stick with that. I'm taking Kennedy as my pick. I'm also using my third bet of the night here, but I'm going to go the under two and a half rounds at plus 105. I think Kennedy gets his fourth finish in a row in this fight. And I think he gets it in the first or second round. All right, so we're fighting here. All right, so the co-main event of the evening, Jessica Andrade versus Tatiana Suarez. Uh, Suarez comes in 9-0. and This is her second fight, the first one in February since a three-and-a-half-year layoff. Uh, she had, a, I believe it was a knee injury. She's vicious on the ground. Uh, can also KO you. But she comes in 6-0 and in the UFC. She's taking on Jessica Andrade, who's lost two in a row. This is her fourth fight this year, Jessica Andrade. She fought uh, last in May, which was a loss, February, which was a loss, but she did win in January of this year with a win, obviously. 15-9 and in the UFC, so her career, mostly good, but she has kind of been up and down. I have Suarez winning this fight. I think she is a uh, serious contender for the belt. I have Suarez winning the fight. What about you? Yeah, Suarez coming in with a perfect 9-0
0: and Andrade on a losing streak of her own. You know, not not in her most recent fight, but like, you know, overall in her past four, she's... She's, she's lost two in her. a row. Um, she's fighting again out of straw weight, Suarez, you know, so that's good to see her come back down. I think she's... I think she's going to win the fight. My third bet of the night on this one is actually the over. So I have Tatiana Suarez and Jessica Andrade over two and a half rounds as my third bet of the night. I did pick Tatiana Suarez as my pick. Um, While I do think she's going to win, I don't think it's going to be like the manhandling type of situation that the odds are representing on all the sports books.
1: See, I think it will be. I think she finishes her. I think she probably chokes her out. But I guess we'll see. All
0: right, to kick off our main event for UFC Nashville, we have Corey the Sandman Sanhagen versus Rob Font. Now, normally, Corey Sanhagen and Rob Font both fight in bantamweight. Uh, this is going to be a catchweight because it's two weeks short notice. Uh, so Font's not able to get a whole camp in. So 140 is their
1: catchweight, agreed-upon weight.
0: Yeah, what you know, not too big. It just helps Font not have to dehydrate so much, you know, with Sanhagen getting a whole camp in. Now, Font was initially supposed to fight two weeks from now. Uh, that'll be about... August 19th or August 12th. I can't remember which. I think it's August 12th. His, his
1: opponent dropped out, though.
0: Right. But Song Yudong, I believe. Song Yudong dropped out. Uh, great name. Who Corey Sanhagen beat recently. So, with this two-week notice fight, you know, catch weight, it's going to be great. Sanhagen, I think, will fight anytime, anywhere. Yeah. Font's
1: looking to take that bait, you know, if you will
0: pretty I mean, heavy big, odds for Sanhagen. It's a big
1: chance for Font, though, because if he wins, he's a top five fighter in the division again. Uh, Sanhagen, though, is a killer. His last fight, he absolutely dominated Cheeto. Somehow a judge gave Cheeto the... Uh, one of the judges gave him the fight, so it's a split decision. But he pretty much dominated Cheeto. Yeah, it was a good uh, outing by Sanhagen. He's been dominant he's in recent He's looked good. Times. He's super, super skilled. He's had crazy knockouts before. Uh, Rob Font's very, very tough, and he's a good fighter, but I think there's levels to this, and I think Corey Sanhagen's just a level above Rob Font. I think Sanhagen wins the fight. That's my pick, and I think it's probably by like a third or fourth round uh, KO.
0: I agree. I think Corey Sanhagen wins the fight. I don't really want a place where I think it's going to be. I just I think he's going to knock him out.
1: So for this week's top five, we're going to stick with the themes. And Nashville, they're known for their country music, and they're known for their hot chicken. So a town of, we can attest personally to a lot of uh, fried chicken, chicken in general. So our top five this week is going to be top five chickens. Top five chickens. Top five chickens.
0: I had my honeymoon in Nashville. That was a pretty fun experience. Bachelor
1: party. Yeah, not
0: bad. I'm sorry. Bachelor party, not honeymoon. That would have been a weird honeymoon with four dudes. <laughs> it
1: would have been weird. But yeah, uh, so we're going to go very general with this. We're going to have some fun with this. Take the uh, the definition of chicken uh, liberally. I like um, I like
0: how you say the definition of chicken liberally. I think everybody's
1: going to be pleased with our chicken lists. I think so, too. I think it's good stuff. So how about you lead us off with your number five, top five chicken. All right, so this
0: chicken... My number five chicken has been near and dear to my heart. I'd have to say since probably I was 10 and I scrolled across it, uh, Late Night Cartoon Network, we're going to go with Robot Chicken, a late night adult swim
1: TV show. That's such a good pick. And that's my number five. Such a good pick. That has so many uh, growing up, it would have a scene. That you would see and laugh so hard and you knew going to school the next day, like all your friends would have seen it too. And that's one of those things you talk about. And I got in so much trouble for watching Robot Chicken when I was like 11. <laughs> it was pretty graphic for little, they were like little clay toy people. Yeah,
0: I, I, I would, you know, I would still watch that to this day. I, I, I gotta watch it again.
1: One of the ones I remember is they had a, a fake, uh, like teddy bear as a, as a mascot for a laundry detergent. And he <laughs> was super soft. And he just became a, uh, we'll say, a sex toy for the owner because he was so soft and so cuddly. Oh, Jesus. And it was just over and over. And that just kind of sums up the show. That's a great number five. Who's your number five? So my number five, like I said, I went a couple different directions. My number five was way different from your directions. My number five top five chickens is Wingstop Chickens. So the restaurant Wingstop, I think it is the best. I'm not going to say it's the best wings. But I think it's the best, like, fast food, fast casual wings, chain wings. They have very good flavors, pretty consistent, great fries, great portions. It's one of my favorite spots. Man, you're making me
0: hungry with that pick. I'll agree. Now, during the pandemic, they stays did. stays open late. It does stay open late. They did turn into thigh stop for a minute. You remember that? They did, and I believe they still have thighs. I never tried the thighs. Nah, I kind of went, when Rick Ross came out and said, yo, We got thighs. I was out. Because I really do just... I prefer wings. Wings?
1: Man, they're like the... They're like the... Almost like the top-level chicken. We'll come back to that later. They also have chicken sandwiches now flavored in... Wing sauce? They're different wing sauces. I haven't tried it out, but if it's as good as their wings, I mean, can't go wrong. So my number five, Wingstop. What you got for number four? So my number four, going a little bit of a different tangent,
0: but... Also staying the same with my childhood. I'm going with Torchic. That's going to be a chicken type Pokemon. From the Pokemon Sapphire and Emerald. Nerd! And Ruby uh, game series. Uh, once again, that's another another thing from my childhood. I think I was 8 or 9 when uh, I got my, my Pokemon Sapphire game. I remember playing it on my Game Boy. And also, after looking it up. Torchic, uh, Combusken, and Blaziken, that's the three evolutions in the tree, they are the only three chicken-type Pokemon.
1: That's weirdly surprising. Fun fact.
0: Fun fact for
1: me. There you have it. Groundbreaking uh, news from Alex King. Uh,
0: That's a fire-type Pokemon. It's a starter. Help me win... You know, a couple uh, Elite Four challenges as a child. All right, so moving on.
1: So what's your number four? <laughs> my number four is also a cartoon character. Oh, so you're talking shit, but you can't take it. But it is a way better, more, way more iconic cartoon character. My, my number words. four, Foghorn Leghorn. God damn it. The ultimate Looney Tune. I believe he was a Looney Tune. He was a Looney Tune, you're right. I say, I say, I say. I mean, he is... Worst accent possible. Worst accent, but great character. I don't think you can beat him. I have one. It'll come later, but I have one that could beat him. I don't think you he could. He's my number four. He's iconic. One of the original... Uh, I don't think he was an original Looney Tune, but he was one of the... In their heyday, like their prime. He Who did he the... interact with most? Do you remember? Whoever's on the farm. I don't even know. Yeah, that, that was such an old show. I, I, I remember... He took the scenes and commanded it so much, I don't even know. Yeah, he kind
0: of washes everybody His out. His presence was so heavy. I like that. So your number four is Foghorn Leghorn. And a great name. Yeah. Foghorn Leghorn. An
1: iconic name.
0: Who you got for number three? My number three goes to more a traditional chicken setting. Uh, we're from Louisiana. We like it a certain way. Fried chicken is Fried my chicken number three. is a
1: solid pick. Solid, solid pick. Listen, whether
0: you get it from a restaurant, fast food, home kitchen... It doesn't matter. Fried chicken is some of the best ways you can eat chicken, hands down. Honestly, you don't need sauce in most situations. Even if you do, it's good without it. It's kind of like pizza or sex. Even when it's bad, it's pretty
1: damn good. I think it's one of those things some people don't eat, but it's not because they don't like it. It's because they're, for health reasons. Yeah, you're trying not to die young. But, like, there's no argument. It has to be universally one of the best foods of all time
0: and you we're not talking boneless we're talking good bone-in fried either chicken either
1: way either way fried chicken you just said fried chicken so either all right way. fair enough fair enough so my number three i also went a food dish this one this one is near and dear to my heart i think everybody loves some like drunk chinese food drunk chinese food high chinese food just chinese food in general leftover chinese food very popular My number three is sesame chicken, the ultimate Chinese chicken. It's sweet, it's savory, it's good. Uh, I don't think you can beat it. Honestly, it may be, if I had one last meal, it's in consideration. Okay, that's fair. I, I have a couple questions.
0: So number one, what's the difference in sesame chicken and Kung Pao chicken?
1: It's just a different sauce. Uh, sesame chicken is more closely related to General Tso's chicken. General Tso's chicken is a little spicier than sesame chicken. Okay, cool. Uh,
0: so given that, I agree. I like all of the above, but sesame chicken is a good kind of mild order for any any time. I, exactly. I agree with that. I it's like, like
1: that. the main dish if you go to any like fast food Chinese place or like quick.
0: You go to a Royal place,
1: Panda. You go to a uh, uh, fast food express. They're gonna have sesame chicken, and it's gonna
0: probably be good. Cool. I like sesame chicken. What you got for number two? So my number two is the one that I believe could trump your foghorn leghorn. My number two is going to be probably the best fictional chickens of all time.
1: Shaggy and Scooby. So this is where we gotta draw a line. Now I know this is You gotta is make like, the case for them being chickens. Now they are the most...
0: Cowardice chicken-like characters of all time, in
1: my opinion. What I want to know is chickens typically are pretty aggressive and not really cowardly. Why, are, why is chicken associated with being scared? I really don't know. I, I, I was
0: doing some research why last A chickens night. are mean. Chickens are very aggressive, actually. If you If you go into their territory, they're very, very... If you play Zelda and you hit, in any of their games, if you hit chickens like three times, then they all just attack you. I like how that's where you get your experience from chickens from. It is. Um, honestly, th- it was a toss-up for me with them and Courage the Cowardly Dog, because his name was Courage, but his act was cowardly, pretty much pretentiously. But that Almost show like kind of scared named. me as a child. So, I, you know, that, that, the elements of the show just kind of freaked me out. So I just decided to go with Shaggy and Scooby. Fifty years, canonically, of being cowards a.k.a. chickens, I say Shaggy and Scooby are my number two.
1: What's your number two? My number two is, so this goes, this is a mascot. It's also a, uh, a form of chicken, probably the most badass form of chicken. My number two is Gamecocks, Gamecocks in general. So it's the University of South Carolina's mascot, SEC team. SEC means you're in the best conference. That means you're one of the best teams. Fair, fair. I.e., Gamecocks is a great mascot. Also, a Gamecock is the most badass kind of chicken. They fight to the death, usually. They have razor spurs on their feet. That's the one with the the
0: metal talons?
1: Yeah, they're aggressive. They're mean. Okay. They're made to fight. So Gamecocks, they're badass. The most badass form of chicken you could have. Nice. I enjoy that. Who do you have as your number one top five
0: chicken? My number one chicken... And this is one I've I've sampled myself. I believe you sampled as well with me while we were in Nashville. My number one chicken is going to be Nashville hot chicken. And not to be confused with, quote, Nashville hot chicken. I'm talking about Nashville hot chicken you can get in Nashville. Something like a Hattie B's or a restaurant similar to that in Nashville. When we had that, that was just otherworldly hot chicken. Number one overall, it's left an impression on me. I'm looking for it everywhere I go. I can't find anything similar. Hattie B's or Nashville Hot Chicken.
1: Yeah, it's similar if you go somewhere outside of Louisiana and try to get Cajun food.
0: Yeah, it's un- unrecreatable. It's just not the same.
1: Yeah, you can, you Unless can, you're in Nashville. You can do something, surrounding areas.
0: something in the same ballpark, but you can't do the same thing. It's
1: just not possible. That's a good pick. I love Hot Chicken. My number one isn't far off from that. My number one is a little bit more general. My number one is chicken wings. I think it's probably the best food, hands down. Boneless or bone-in, I prefer bone-in. You can get any kind of sauce you want. You can get super spicy. You can get savory. You can get sweet. You can get sweet and savory. You can get dry rubs. You can dip it in ranch. You can dip it in blue cheese. You can go naked. Wings are just so versatile. They're so good. I honestly don't think there's a food that beats chicken wings.
0: Man, chicken wings are honestly some of the best food on the planet. I I can't really argue with you there. I look for chicken wings
1: almost everywhere I go. Everywhere. I, I, go. I could eat chicken chicken wings almost every meal. And earlier I said sesame chicken was in the running for like if I had a last meal. It's only in the running because chicken wings would definitely be the pick. What Some about kind of sesame chicken wings? chicken wings? Sesame chicken wings would be it. That would be the death meal, right? That would be the death meal. Nice. So there's our top five chickens. We took it uh, very liberally, all over the place, very broad. So we'll see how y'all like that. So welcome back to another
0: segment of the canoes. So make sure you grab your paddles, because we're about to take a little dip on this creek. You got anything for us today? I got two. How many you got? I got one. All you right. go first. Cool. So, after UFC 291, Derek Lewis's UFC contract is officially over. So, while that may not be like a big surprise to anything, you know, he wasn't on the biggest, you know, hype train in recent months last year. Good way year. to finish out your contract. He finished out his contract with a second round, or, I'm sorry, a first round, 30, th- 33 second TKO. Uh, Starting off with a flying knee. But just think about it. That wasn't on the the main event. But
1: I will say, the question is, does he sign with the UFC? Or does he go to the PFL, fight Francis Ngannou, guaranteed $2 million? Financially, that seems like the better decision. So we'll see what he does. I would like to see him back in the UFC. But I also would like to see him fight Francis Ngannou again. They fought once, and it was... Maybe the most boring fight of all time. Nobody did anything. And Derek Lewis won by decision. So maybe maybe he's in for a PFL payday rematch.
0: Yeah, so I was looking online after finding out that it was his last uh, you know, fight on the contract. Chael Sonnen said he personally sent a message to Dana White asking for him to renew his contract. Chael Sonnen's a joke, though. He is. But I agree. I mean... With I agree, but a hometown they're not paying fighter, him 2 million dollars but the PFL could pay him. He's not, but as with the Hometown Fighter, you know, fighting somewhere close like Houston, he brings a lot of lot of reach to the sport for the south. I don't think Dana should just give up on him quite yet, especially with a 33
1: second knockout in round 1. I would like to see him in the UFC, but I definitely would not blame him and I think he should go fight for instance, a guy new PFL. But uh anyway, so we move on I have, uh, did you watch the boxing fight this weekend? Terrence Bud Crawford, Earl Spence Jr. It actually happened in the middle of the main card of UFC 291. So typically I wouldn't
0: watch it live just because I don't want to pay for it. But I'd go back and rewatch the highlights. Dude, with the Poirier loss, dude, I was so down in the dirt dirt on Sunday.
1: I didn't even want to get on social media. I didn't look up that fight at all. What happened? That's understandable. This fight actually helped me uh, process Poirier's loss a little bit more. Kind of made me forget. Anyway, Terrence Bud Crawford, Earl Spence Jr., both guys undefeated. The biggest boxing match in a very long time. And Terrence Bud Crawford dominated. Knocked Spence down three times. Got the win. Uh, Undisputed undisputed champ now. He's the uh, first guy to have two divisions undisputed champ. Terrence Bud Crawford, probably the best boxer of this generation. So it was a great fight, great win. He really put himself on the all-time great map this weekend. Uh, really a fun thing to watch if you're a fight fan, if you're a striking fan. It was a thing of beauty. Yeah, I always like watching
0: the boxing boxing bouts. A lot of them seem to be, uh, you know, high names, not high dollar fights. You know, you got one with uh, the Paul and Diaz coming up.
1: This was real boxing. This was two, like... Two of the best boxers in the world fighting. This wasn't a gimmick like Paul Diaz. Well, I didn't want to say gimmick, but if you're you're talking
0: about Nganu's, uh fight promotion company, I'm not. I'm talking about fighting for belts. The
1: best of the best.
0: Alright, fair enough. What do you got for the last uh, news of the weekend? Alright, so this is a bit of a somber tale. Uh, so there was a French daredevil. Uh, is this named- the building climber? Yeah, this is a building climber. Oh, no,
1: I saw this.
0: His name was Remy Enigma. He fell to his death from a Hong Kong skyscraper. What was he, like 56 stories up or something? Yeah, it, w- it was a travesty. Listen, for a French, like I said, a French daredevil, most people figured he would suffer a fate like this.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things, it's sad, but it's not surprising, and you kind of... What I didn't, you know, you honestly... You kind get what, you know, it's part of the job. What I didn't think was the
0: the strike was going to, you know, take this the wrong way and think they were actually filming the daredevil in French. So I think they might have actually killed this man. And so with that somber tale, that wraps up the news. R.I.P. And we're going to jump right into the Who Would Wins. The best segment of the week. So, to go a little bit out of order... But to also play into the theme of the week, we're going to go Foghorn Leghorn versus Ernie the Giant Chicken. Who do you think would win in that fight? So Foghorn Leghorn from Looney Tunes versus Ernie the Giant Chicken is the fighting chicken from Family Guy.
1: You know, we, we've seen Ernie fight, but he's fighting a fat, out-of-shape loser in Peter Griffin, and it's pretty even. Falkhorn Lakehorn, he's a leader of whatever farm he lives on. He's definitely like the alpha in the group. Ernie the Chicken looks like he hates his life. His life isn't going the way he thought it would. Falkhorn Lakehorn, fully confident. It looks like his life has turned out exactly how he thought he would. I think if they fought just based sheer on confidence, they're about the same size, I feel like. I think Falkhorn Lakehorn kicks Ernie the Chicken's dumb yellow ass.
0: Okay, fair enough. Listen, I just want to know one thing. Does Foghorn Leghorn's accent hold up over time? Yeah, because hes you don't know what color he is, so it works. Okay, fair enough. So the next fight, or the next bout, not necessarily a fight, we're going to go with Swifties, Taylor Swift fans. Like Taylor Swift. Crazy woman fans? Uh, just fans in general, I guess. Well, whoever's going to attend a concert. What was the difference between what I said and what you said? Nothing. Um, versus Ye fans, Kanye West fans, Kanye West
1: fans, Taylor Ye- Swift
0: fans. So, who would win in a metaphorical battle? Now, you can set that stage really however you want. I'm thinking
1: they're fighting in one of the stadiums they both perform at. Let's say Bridgestone Arena. If let's you say will, Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. I think, surely, based on numbers, uh, Kanye fans have dwindled over time as his pro-Nazi uh, sympathies have been revealed. Taylor Swift is only gaining fans at this point. I'm not a big fan, but you got to respect... I'm not going to fight for Yee. Exactly. There's a lot of people that will not fight for Yee. There's a lot of Taylor Swift fans. It's growing. you got to respect her game. I think based sheer on numbers, even though the Yee fans probably man for man, person for person would probably win. Based on numbers, it's Swifties. Fair enough.
0: So from our last fight, we have Afro Man's Crazy Rap. So that'll be like... uh, The song? The song, right. Versus Jason Aldean's Try That in a Small Town. So we're gonna go... Kinda of you set the stage again, but I was feeling, you know, obviously it's a Nashville vibe, but it's it's also like
1: which one offends more is the fight. Well I'm gonna go I'm gonna think of it as which is a better song that I like. One song is fun and joyful. You're talking about crazy rap, yeah? One song it one song is depressing, way too serious. And if you read between the lines, sounds kind of racist, sounds yeah. Sounds kind of racist. You know who he's talking about, but he's not saying it. Right. One song, literally musically, it's just fun. The Afro Man is fun and it's better than Jason Aldean's plain ass country pop song. So I'm going Afro Man. I think it's a pretty easy. I think any reasonable, per- reasonable person that can take a step back and look at it from an outside view is picking Afro Man.
0: Right. So for all these who-would-wins, just let us know in the comments
1: who you think would win with each, and we'll go from there. Thank you for listening to Episode 7 of Split Decision. Check us out next week when we recap UFC Nashville and take a look ahead to UFC Vegas 78, Vicente Luque, Rafael dos Anjos. The Windy City nickname
0: for Chicago was not due to its weather, weather, but originated from its politicians' long-windedness, like mine, but during the 19th century World's Fair. Like and subscribe to this episode of Split Decision, and check us out at SplitDecision.blog where you'll find our most recent posts, videos, and all the links to our socials.